2: There is coming a time, if you'll just hold on, yes, it it might be 10 years, it might be 30, it might even be 50 years, but just hold on because there is coming a time when the Lord Jesus Christ returns and when He returns, He's going to make everything right. And. And, and not only will he make everything right, when he comes, he's going to make everything all right for all of eternity.
1: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3:14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford. And we join him right now with his message for us today.
2: Uh, Today's the final message. We've been going through the book. God has an app for that. This is the last sermon. I just want you to see the titles. Uh, We've already been here. God has an app to uh, turn stress into joy. God has an app to help you overcome temptation. God has an app to help break down the walls that divide, and God has an app to resuscitate a dying faith. God has an app to help curb your profanity. God has an app to restore a broken heart. Last week, God has an app to help prioritize your investments. And today, God has an app to help heal your affliction. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, look underneath the chair Uh, you need to uh, also in your bulletin look inside. There are some sermon notes, and I would encourage you to uh, grab your sermon notes so you can follow along and and take notes. I want to suggest to you today to take time, to take the time to, if you have not yet, to make sure you read the last chapter of the book. God has an app to help uh, heal your afflictions. There's some really important things in that chapter. I also want to suggest to you that you make sure you go to your life group uh, this week uh, because you need to go through this material uh, in a more detailed uh, manner. As we talk today about affliction, everybody say the word affliction. There's a couple things you need to know. The first, and write this down: James is writing. He's he's writing a letter to his audience are people who are being persecuted for their faith the entire book of james was written to the persecuted church in fact if you have your bible you can look back at the very first chapter james chapter 1 the very first verse It's james 1:1 it actually says james he's writing this to The 12 tribes, we know who the 12 tribes are. Who's that? That's Israel. To the 12 tribes that are scattered. Everybody say scattered. They are scattered among the nations. Now, why are they scattered? The reason they're no longer in their homeland, the reason they are scattered is because they are being persecuted. If you recall in the very first sermon in this series, when we have the message, How to uh, Turn Stress into Joy... When we look at James chapter 1, I gave you four causes of stress. What causes stress? I gave you four things. The first is that we're so busy. We're too busy to get everything done, and that, that kind of leaves us in a worried state. The second is loss. Anytime you lose something, you lose your health, you lose your job, you lose a loved one, Uh, whenever you lose something of value, it causes stress. Number three was lack of provision. When When you lose your job, you don't have the resources, you don't feel to live or to even put food on the table. It's a very stressful time. But the fourth thing on that list, if you remember, are different degrees of oppression and ridicule. I want you to know that if you decide, if you're listening to me and you decide that you're going to live for Jesus Christ, the Bible makes it very clear you will be persecuted. That's why I do not believe in the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Now, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, it says, in fact, that anyone who lives a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say if you live for Jesus Christ, you're going to have health, wealth, and prosperity. It says that you will be persecuted. And this book is written to people who had decided that they were going to live for Jesus Christ, and because of that, they were being persecuted. Now, whenever we think of persecution, we always think of being persecuted physically, but there's all kinds of different ways to be persecuted. You can be persecuted emotionally. You can be, uh, you can be uh, persecuted uh, mentally as well as physically on the trip that I just got on, I met a couple. Their name, I, would have, I would not have met them had they not been on the trip. They were, they were actually on my bus. And I have a picture of them. Their, their names are David and Linda Pham. And they're Vietnamese. And when he talks, he sounds like, he sounds like he's, from, from, he's a Vietnamese person. All right. He's the nicest guy in the world. I never met anyone so nice as David. He was so positive about everything. I ended up calling him. I said, you are the Vietnamese Joel Osteen. That's what I called him. (laughs) About half the trip, everyone just called him Joel. They thought that was his name. Because it didn't matter what I would say. He was just so positive. I I would say, "Okay, let's take a picture. He'd go, oh, pastor, another photo. That would be wonderful. We need another photograph. He would say something like that, Okay, Just positive, positive, positive. Never been around somebody so positive. Uh, Every year, he and his wife, they take two months, and they, they go to Vietnam and they ride these little motor scooters and they go out to the remote areas of Vietnam and they look for orphans who are destined for a life of poverty and they raise funds to get these children an education because they believe if they can get them educated, they can get out of their situation that they're in. They do that two months every year. He's just just, this positive guy. One day I said, I said, how did you get from Vietnam to on this bus? With me in Israel. How, how, how did you find our church? Where are you from? He, sa- he said, I live in, he says, I live in Valencia. <laughs> I said, okay, but, but how'd you get here? How'd you get to, how'd you get to, to Valencia? And he told me this story, the, the most amazing story. His dad was 19 years of age. They all, they were, they were in Vietnam. They're all Buddhist. And if you became a Christian in Vietnam, it was a dishonor to your family. And he said that his dad at age 19 decides that he wants to become a Christian. And he said, he told his dad, which would be David's grandfather, he told his dad that he was going to become a Christian. And the grandfather said, son, if you become a Christian, I'm going I'm to commit suicide. Because for you to become a Christian is a di- brings dishonor to me and to my family and to what I believe. So David's dad had to decide if he was going to become a Christian or not. Imagine that. David told me that his dad became a Christian and his grandfather committed suicide. David's dad had two brothers, his uncles. Both of his uncles also became Christian. All three of those boys became preachers in Vietnam. David said one of them is his dad. And I said, David, how did you hear all that? He goes, my dad told me that story. And now David himself, he he works, he serves as a missionary. And somehow he heard about the trip and he's on this trip. Now you imagine... You imagine you becoming a Christian and your dad saying to you or your parents saying, If you do this, I'm going to commit suicide, and, and the parent does it. Imagine the rest of your life you have to live with that emotion. That is a form of emotional persecution, isn't it? So it's physical, it's, it's emotional, it's, it's, it's mental. There's all different kinds of, of persecution. James was writing this letter to a group of people who were being persecuted because. Of their faith. But I want you to write this down, second of all. He's not just talking about physical affliction, he's also referring in the book of James to any kind of suffering. It might be spiritual, it might be financial, it might be relationally. I was thinking about this. If you think with me for just a moment, if you were being persecuted physically, if you could not live where you live, if your family disowns you because you were a Christian, or perhaps you faced uh, so much persecution that you had to flee and live in another country because, because you were a Christian. And so just because if, you were, if you're being persecuted physically, don't you think you might also be suffering spiritually because you're out there thinking, hey, Lord, what am I doing? I decided to follow you. Now, now, now I'm being persecuted. You would suffer financially because you could no longer work the job that you knew to work because you'd be in a foreign country. You would suffer financially, would you? You would also suffer relationally because you could no longer be with your loved one, perhaps, because of the separation. I, I mean, I, I just want you to know that, that when James talks about suffering, uh, don't think he's talking just about physical persecution. He's talking about all kinds of suffering. So you can actually write in your notes whatever it is that you feel your, is your affliction. I, I, there's a, a spot there at the top. You can write down, what is it that you're suffering? J- James is talking to you. You would think, you would hope, you would believe that if you became a Christian, you wouldn't have any problems, wouldn't you? But really, it's just the opposite. I, I, I tell people, if you, if you become a Christian, you're even going to have more problems than what you have now. See, write this down. The promise of God is not that you're going to live a life void of problems. That's not in the Bible. Nowhere does it say if you become a Christian, you're not going to have any problems. The promise of God is that you will never walk alone in the midst of that problem. That's the promise of God. So as I conclude this series, haven't you enjoyed the whole series? As I conclude this series, God, with this message, God has an app to help heal your affliction. There's three things you need to do. No matter what, no matter what your affliction is, you need these three things. Number one, write it down. You need to be patient. That's, that's the first word of advice. That's the first app. uh, The first part of this app. Be patient in your affliction, whatever that affliction might be. The Bible says in James 5, now we're in James 5, verse 7. He says, be patient. Everyone say the word patient. Be patient patient, then, my brothers, until the Lord's what? What? That's a long time. Yeah? And James, the very first thing he says, no matter what you're going through, you need to be patient until the lord returns. And then he says, he uses a farmer as an illustration. He goes, look at the farmer. The farmer waits. Everybody say the word waits. There's no such thing as an impatient farmer. You cannot be a farmer and be impatient. All right? Some of you get impatient in the parking lot. Don't be don't become a farmer, okay? He says, look at the farmer how he waits. Yes, he plants He plants the seeds. Yes, he does that. But then he has to wait. What is he waiting for? He's waiting for the land to yield its valuable crop. And look how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. Those things are out of his control. Yes, he can plant the seed, but then he's got to wait. He's got to wait for the land to yield its harvest, and he's got to pray that God sends those autumn and spring rains. And then the Bible says in verse 8, he goes, You too need to be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. There's always two questions when we suffer. Question number one is the most often asked question. The answer question is, why? Why is this happening to me? The second question, right up against that first one, is how long do I have to go through this? Now, I'm not sure that any of you are ever going to fully understand why you go through the things you go through. We can guess. We can look back 2020 sometimes. But I, I know for a fact that most things that that you that happen to you in this life and you're wondering why, you are never gonna know the answer to that until you get to heaven. That's why I believe that the most often heard word when you get to heaven will be the word, oh. Now I understand. James is saying, be patient and wait, but he uses the backdrop of the Lord's return. Now, why would he do that? I believe that he's actually using the Lord's return to help people mentally when they're going through a trial to put things in proper perspective. That's why he says in verse 7, be patient until the Lord's return. Return because he's saying you might, you might, whatever you're going through, you might have to be going through this a long, long time. You might have to be suffering until the Lord actually returns. Because we're like, hey, I've been doing this two weeks now. When's this going to be over? Or, God, I've been in this thing for two months now. Or Some of you are thinking, well, hey, I've been suffering for two years. I've been struggling. How much longer, Lord, do I have to struggle? I think James is putting this in a time perspective for you. You might have to go through this for a long, long time. When we went to Israel, the worst part of the trip, what's the worst part about, travel, about going to Israel? that airplane ride it's terrible but you can't get to israel unless you do that unless you want to take a boat (laughs) so you're on that plane for how long 12 13 14 hours like a sardine so i have this thing i always do it when i fly it doesn't matter where i'm flying to east coast texas uh, seattle st louis I always in my mind, I just kind of mentally, I I tell myself it's going to take a lot longer. So when I go to Israel or I go around the other side of the world, I always say, you know what, this is before I get on the the plane, this is going to take me five days. (laughs) I'm walking up on the, you know, the, 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 the ramp, this five days five days three meals a day that's 15 i'm gonna have the next 15 meals gonna be on this plane five i keep saying five days five days it's gonna take me to get there you know about 12 13 hours go by and we get off the plane well, hey we're early it's not really took me any time at all to get here well praise god we got here in half a day can someone say amen to that and I think that's exactly what James is doing mentally. He's saying, hey, you're going through some tough times. I understand that. I get that. Be patient, though, until the Lord returns. He's putting it into a time perspective. We're, we're in such a hurry. We start to have marriage problems. I mean, you know, we, hey, well, we've had like two weeks of bad marriage. We're looking for the divorce attorney. This last week, Junior Seau, he commits suicide down in San Diego. Man, it was a crushing story. And if you've been around long, you know of someone or you've heard of those stories. They happen and you just can't, you can't even begin to explain how, no one can, no one, no one can figure it out. And I believe in just talking to people who've lived that and gone through that in different families, I I think that that person who takes their own life they've reached a point in their life where they just feel like they've got so many problems that that they just simply can't endure any longer. And so they look for the easy way out. And James wants you to understand that no matter what you're facing, don't worry too much There is coming a time, if you'll just hold on. Yes, it it might be 10 years. It might be 30. It might even be 50 years. But just hold on because there is coming a time when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And when he returns, he's going to make everything right. And... And, and not only will he make everything right when he comes, he's going to make everything all right for all of eternity. And I can just hear someone saying, Well, James, you mean what I'm suffering right now? I might have to suffer through the rest of my life until Jesus Christ returns That's a long time. That's why James writes in verse 8, he says, don't worry too much because the Lord's return is what? It's near. I know it's hard. But you've got to be patient no matter what you're going through. You say, How long do I have to wait? Until the Lord's return. Well, how long is that gonna be? James goes, it's not gonna be long. It's not gonna be long. Don't worry yourself sick. If you think that's a long time when Jesus Christ returns, he says, let me remind you, no matter how long it is compared to all of eternity, you think about this, whatever you suffer in this life, when you measure it up against how long eternity is, I'm telling you, the Lord's return, it's gonna seem like it's just around the corner. Hold on. Number two, number two, you need to realize there's always a blessing in your affliction." our what is our what is one of our greatest sins that when we get in the midst of a storm we take our eyes off god and we just focus in on that problem and we can no longer we no longer know and and believe and trust that god is in control You have to go back. This is, this all goes back to the very first chapter. Don't you see this book was written to people who are being persecuted. They were going through some very difficult times. So he starts off in chapter one, talking about turning stress into joy and how to get through different trials. The very next verse he says, consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, Verse 3, because you know this, that the testing of your faith develops this thing called perseverance. And verse 4 says that perseverance must finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, there's actually a blessing in the midst of your trials.
1: uncertain times, we know as Christians there's great comfort available to us in the form of prayer. We have phone counselors standing by and ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. If you are unable to get through the first time you call, please be sure to try again. Our number again is 888-818-4777. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There is a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. If you're struggling with the loss of a loved one and you feel like you need help to get through it, we are here for you. It's called GriefShare. GriefShare is a friendly, caring group of people who will walk alongside you through one of life's most difficult experiences. The loss of a loved one. You can meet with a support group here at Shepherd Church or with a local group near you. You don't have to go through the grieving process alone. GriefShare support groups are led by people who understand what you are going through and want to help. You'll gain access to valuable GriefShare resources to help you recover from your loss and look forward to rebuilding your life. To learn more about GriefShare, visit griefshare.org to find a support group near you. That's griefshare.org to learn more.